With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. This is the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. That is Tim May. That's Jeremy Birmingham. I'm Austin Ward. We are getting set for top ranked number one Ohio State undefeated heading into Indianapolis for the Big Ten title game, the rematch against the Wisconsin Badgers. And I, I'm so sick of hearing the word rematch, but that's been the number one theme that we've heard Modern all football, week long. Man. Get ready for, for round two. Ohio State has only done it once since 1975. And as I talked about on your podcast the other day, I really couldn't care less about those comparisons either. Uh, Got to have something what, to hang on. But what have they? What has told you over the last two days that uh, Ohio State doesn't really care that much that that they've got to do this again against Wisconsin? Has told me that they don't really care that much. That they're not worried about it. I mean, oh, they, they, I, I think, think when you beat a team thirty-eight to seven, you know, <laughs> I, you you can you can pound into people's heads, you know, how much of a tougher task this is going to be than it was last time but then when you remember uh, from the post game how uh, for example Justin Fields said you know <laughs> with better conditions they probably could have scored at least yeah. 50 and you kind of bring that up you know I brought that up to Justin you know in the press conference the other day and he kind of you know didn't really want to go there but uh, yeah I mean it this is what it is in modern football in these modern conferences you have to have a championship game right yeah. i mean baylor's playing oklahoma again go go figure but that was a hell of a game right uh this one wasn't, wasn't the first time around now this wasn't progressively as the game went on you know this was like ohio state had to cut that tree down but they did cut the tree down and now they've got to cut the same tree down again i guess wow. one thing that that's a great reference yeah nice now that he's back at rutgers officially uh, start dropping all the contextual chopping wood. Clues. after that brief uh tenure with the patriots he's back now in the big 10 and back with rutgers but uh i think berm the, the reason i bring it up with this rematch is that you've got guys like ryan day Jeff Halfley, Greg Madison that have spent time in the NFL where, as Tim said, this is the new age in college football. Well, that's a way of life in the NFL. You have to make adjustments for the first meeting and your division opponents, you see them twice a year. And I think that's why I don't sense any concern about the motivation or what they might have learned in October that they can use this time. Yeah, and, and I'll say it like this. I don't think it matters who they're playing on Saturday. So it doesn't, if it would have been Wisconsin or Minnesota, the, the rematch factor of this is sort of overblown. I think what's undersold here is how difficult it is to play three straight games like Penn State, Michigan, and now this game. Sure, yeah. I think that's a bigger storyline than the fact that it's a rematch because Agreed. who cares? The rematch itself isn't that interesting to me because Ohio State is a significantly better team than Wisconsin. Now, how does a team full of 19 and 20-year-olds keep themselves motivated emotionally up and prepared for this game uh, when they know everything that's on the line? Obviously, that's sort of the answer, right? They, they, here's yeah. the playoff. Number one seed in the playoff, everything's on the line. But it's still damn hard to stay emotionally invested for these three games in a row. And I think that that's the, cha- that's the bigger challenge for Ryan Day than the rematch. Yeah, and the other interesting thing is, you know, Wisconsin had to win out to yeah. get here. So they've kind of spent the same they've type of They've already been emotion. in the playoff. Yeah, yeah they've already they, – they had, you know, people could poo-poo Minnesota all they want. Minnesota was a pretty good football team this year. Not great, but pretty good. And uh, they had to win that game, a showdown in the snow, a snowdown, and they got the job done. But uh, 
But you're right. I mean, for both of these teams, they're probably like scratching their hands, like, wait a minute, we got to play these guys again, you know? And uh, I think even as sports writers and journalists, whatever you want to call us, the three besides the three, <laughs> the three musketeers, is you, you kind of like would like to have seen Minnesota because that'd be something totally different to deal with. And and that was part of the reason why. I, I mean, maybe I was just secretly hoping hoping for a new matchup for Ohio State because I thought Minnesota would would survive, and they got very close to doing so. Uh, last week, but you know, because just seeing this again, it's like it almost feels like it's exactly two years ago now that Justin Fields has yeah. a knee injury and you know the JT Barrett surgery. The parallels are not identical, but like, that was a team that had no business. That was Constantine had no business beating Ohio State, and they didn't. Uh, Fifty-nine and nothing was a couple years before that. I just want to see, like, I wanted to see something new. But in terms of this matchup, if it's going to be different than October, I guess the fact that Justin Fields is going to have that big knee brace on. He's not going to be able to run at the same level uh, that he did earlier in the year or even in October. And that's that's kind of an intriguing subplot, but he is absolutely going to play. And I don't think that it, you know, even if they have to use the Dwayne Haskins offense from last year, oh, no. that was still pretty good. Oh, no. And I think, I think even with that, well, even he, with that he, knee brace, he's more mobile than he Dwayne. He got hurt throwing out of the Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins uh, offense, which is interesting when people talk about quarterbacks in jeopardy. And, you know, I get my buddy of mine was just going crazy. Why was he still in the game? On, I mean, go, what? It's a Michigan game. They're not up by 50 either, you I know. Your buddy like, had been drinking. And he day. threw from the pocket. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody in retrospect Injuries goes, happen a whole lot more when a guy's standing still getting hit by a bingo. moving target than when you're moving. Bingo. And so, uh, you know, he had a brace on the knee. Now he's got a bigger brace on the knee. But as I, you know, and he was talking about the other day, I just keep thinking about it. He came out of that tent with a new brace on, put his helmet on, went into the game, scrambled, made one of the great scrambling moves you'll ever see, and then threw a strike to Garrett Wilson. I'm not sure – how hampered he is by the brace. Yeah. He, he says that he's not quite the same, and I think if you're talking about 4.38 speed, you're not going to do it with that knee brace on. But in terms of still being able to run and move, I think Justin Fields will do that. I don't think he's going to be a stationary passer. I, no, he doesn't need to be. But if he has to be, then the Buckeyes are still the better team. I mean, yeah. it, we've started to see the passing offense – uh, evolve in the last few uh, last few weeks, and but it hasn't really been able to go like full bore because the weather's been crappy pretty much every week. Yeah, you've seen the the running game start to really pick up. You've seen J.K. Dobbins be leaned on. So if Justin Fields can get by this game by running three times, more power to him, more power to Ohio State, and I think that's the goal. I think you want to come out and and Urban always talked about 250-250, right? Like, yeah, go out and do that, and you win this game by thirty points. Well, and you're gonna have the most motivated running back that you could possibly have in J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Tim is going to write about that matchup again with Jonathan Taylor tomorrow, and it's got a new kind of wrinkle and element now that Jonathan Taylor was, again, the Big Ten running back of the year, and I think that that was an absolute injustice, travesty. Uh, I demand a recap. Well, here's the thing. There's just no way. Even if you take the numbers, though, Tim, I know know you've got them. I know. If you gave him the extra game, was it 29 carries that's different between them? That's a whole other game for J.K. Dobbins. He would have topped him. Sorry to steal your thunder on that, but I just – to me, it's crazy. He's he's the best back in the conference for sure. Maybe just let J.K. play about uh, ten more plays in the second half and about eight games. And it, you know, in the second half of Rutgers, yeah. he's going to get 100 yards. And, yeah, and the other thing, you know, but you can't sit here and gripe too much if you're a high State fan, because Ryan Day did get named Coach of the Year. <laughs> you know, 
Hallelujah. The streak is over. First the time since, what, was Earl Bruce in 1979? Yeah, 40 years. Yeah, and, and all he had to do was go 12-0 and 0 and <laughs> win the Big Ten outright and go to the Rose Bowl. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, it's crazy the, the standards you're held to. But, uh, but yeah, you're. I mean, I just think that's, that is – that is maybe, in my opinion, the number one storyline is Wisconsin's celebrated offensive line. I mean, speaking of being, you ought to being upset. I mean, you know, Wisconsin center gets named. Yeah, you Josh know, Myers, yeah. and jo- Josh Myers, in my opinion, is the best center in the Big Ten this year, from the games I watched, and including Wisconsin games. Yeah. And I know, you know, how do you really pick those? I don't know. I, in my opinion, Josh Myers, every game has gotten better, mm-hmm. and uh, so you've got this offensive line, Ohio State's offensive line, with its star running back going against not against but sizing yeah. up against their star offensive line and their star running back and ohio state without a doubt held sway the first time they went through yeah. that Burn, there's another snub that had you worked up yesterday yeah i mean jeff okuda not being named the defensive back i understand like the statistical numbers there are, are better for antoine winfield jr and i what know are you watching yeah i mean <laughs> there it's not a comparison the the simple facts are that jeffrey okuda is the best cornerback in the country that's not Object. That's not subjective. That's that's objective fact. I mean, watch the tape. It, it, he's dominated on his side of the field in a way that we haven't seen a Buckeye cornerback do since 1996, in my opinion. It was just Sean Springs, and I know everyone wants to talk Antoine Winfield two years later in '98. He was great, but it's a different type of corner. Yeah. I mean, he played a different role. I mean, Antoine Winfield was coming up and stuffing the run ten times a, except a for game one and, matchup with Plexico Burris. But. Well, that's what happened in your 5-9. I mean, exactly. now, well, we're coming back to the Winfield name here, and obviously Antoine Winfield Jr. is not a guy that Buckeye fans should be, oh, why this guy? Because He's played extremely well He's this played year. great, but uh, you know, I think that there's sometimes they give awards just because they don't want to give them all to one team. I mean, Wisconsin, I'm sorry, Iowa gave up nine sacks and had one yard rushing against Michigan, and their, one of their offensive linemen was named the offensive lineman of the year. Right. Like, that game well, alone at, should invalidate. Look at Wisconsin's offensive line. Chase Young had that first game where everybody in the nation went, "Oh my goodness, yeah. this guy is Heisman worthy." Against Wisconsin, celebrated offensive line. So, yeah, I see where you're and, going there. And I don't think that it's it's rigged against them. I've, Tim and I have both voted in these for years. Yeah, I don't think it's rigged. we know what it's like. But there are things that are just weird because Chase Young was not a unanimous first team All Conference pick on one of those ballots, which is absolutely nuts. He's the best player. By a coach. Dominant, yeah, by a coach didn't pick him. Uh, so to see him, his Wait name a minute, out, I'm trying to remember, though. Are coaches allowed to well, vote you, for their guy? If you get all 13, that's unanimous. From outside. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so right. That's right. That's how they get around that. That part is is absolutely bonkers to me. But, you know, they didn't get completely snubbed. Just well, you know, he had no tackles and no sacks against I've, Michigan. I've so that. All right, well, let's talk about it. Yeah. He did have two quarterback hurries. Uh, I was going no, to mention, I was gonna mention that the voters saying, did a good job. Who voted, yeah. yeah Michigan yeah. didn't do it. Gotcha. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Sorry, Jim Harbaugh, but uh, you got to take the L on that one too. But he you know, came up short, obviously, uh, last week by his own enormously high standards. I think we all watched that game and thought in the second half he was still having an impact. Yeah. He was still getting to Shea Patterson. I believe the final total was four of the last 26 for him. But they did a great job on him in the first half, and without it, a doubt. I kind of asked him about that a little bit and what they were trying to do. And it's interesting to hear him talk about it because I know what film study is like with Coach, Coach Johnson and – so they were trying to take away the outside move and force him to go into a double team with the guard. And a lot of times he was getting this when he got there. It's a lot of that. But if you went outside, that's where the triple team could be yeah. uh, from the back. And so I said, well, you think, you think the teams are going to use that against you from now on? He said, there's going to be a solution. Yeah. I mean, so, and I, well, I think he, we saw it in this Wisconsin plus, plus game the first time. Plus he had, to, he had to be totally aware, especially if he was on the edge, that Shea Patterson had shown the ability to, to move 
and run around a little bit more in recent games than he had maybe in the past. Mm -hmm. So you had to be totally aware of that too. But you know, without a doubt, Ohio State turned up the wick from a blitzing standpoint in the second half. Almost went with a totally different plan. Right. And you, you saw the effectiveness, and yes, he had a he had a couple of three hurries on his own, and then what was Shea Patterson four out of twenty four? Yeah, yeah. and I mean, it changed it changed Michigan's game plan right. from the entire season, which is let Shea stand in the pocket and get time to throw it twenty yards down the Nico field. Nico Collins, he was zero for four beyond, on attempts over twenty over twenty yards, and he only th attempted four balls over twenty yards because he had to throw on two steps every time. But the fact is, and you said something on Twitter on Saturday, I think that. If the officials aren't going to call it, just hold them every damn play because they're not going to call it every play. Well, that was so just put put the onus put on the onus put on. the onus on the officiating. And, and Penn State did it two weeks ago. Michigan certainly did it uh, this past week. Wisconsin is going to do that again. I mean, Wisconsin's the Pittsburgh Steelers of college football. They never get called for a hold anyway. <laughs> so you know that you may as well just grab a hold of the guy because you're not going like to this. Yeah, yeah I mean, and they've done it. You know, Spencer. I get sorry, it. don't don't give me that look. He Your Steelers are cheaters. He won't speak out. But Chase Young. Has has numerous times come off the field or, or pointed at a, had conversations with officials, pointed to James Franklin a couple weeks right. ago. I mean, he's getting frustrated by that, and it's a tough balancing act for him because, you know, deep down he wants to get the sacks. Obviously, you don't want to be he the wants, squeaky wheel. He does want to get to to New York for the Heisman ceremony, even if he doesn't want to say it. He's a good teammate. He's a captain. Yeah, and they're winning games. He's fine with that. If you're getting triple teamed, well. Then you're going to have Tyreek Smith or Zach Harrison or Jonathan Cooper last week or Devon Hamilton. They're all going to have opportunities, and he knows that. But it's tough, man. You're getting held, and you can't lift your arm. But you know what? You know what's, what's interesting about what you're saying too, though, is that's why Jeffrey Okuda, in my opinion, did get shortchanged. Because to really appreciate Jeffrey Okuda, you've got to understand what he has meant to the defense. Yeah. He has meant they don't throw the ball over there very often. <laughs> right. I mean, he had a play on Saturday. That's that's why I gave it up to. Uh, Halfley and the, the 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 coverage packages he's brought in with the zone much more zone and uh, he had a play on Saturday it was early in that game where he was it was a third down play and he lined up like he was in press man and at the snap he just went hightailed it into like the ba basic left left side mm -hmm. zone and broke up a pass where coming off the line of scrimmage coming to the line of scrimmage Shea Patterson saw he had the, exactly the matchup he wanted on the I think it was the tight end coming on a little little flag route yeah. and. As soon as Shea Patterson turned, he threw that ball without even looking. The <laughs> Ohio State had changed his defense. I mean, you know, they had uh, he had rolled into that zone. That should have been. But my point is, Okuda's been making plays like that all year, and or forcing you to go the other side. That's an appreciation. Usually, the guys end up with a lot of picks if they're not a safety. Mm -hmm. Are the guys getting thrown at all? Are the guys time? getting thrown at? We all know that, and that's what people look at. You know, finally, when 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 guys are scrambling to to vote for all conference teams, you start looking through stats. Who's got picks? Yep. Yeah, but just to be honest with you, you don't get to watch every player of every no, game. You can't. But that's just like with Josh Myers not being the All Big Ten center. That's just an under, he's a first, in my opinion, that's a lack of appreciation of what this guy has done. First time starter, so nobody knew him in August, and that's part of it because you get in all of these preseason polls, you got media voters who have seen these names. Okay, they're in the preseason Correct. Of the Big Ten. I know him. Midseason, okay. But from start to finish, you're absolutely right about Josh Myers. I think the same is true uh, for Wyatt Davis and Jonah Jackson. All three of those guys are playing at a really high level. Um, and then turn turn on the video of uh, Wisconsin's offensive line and watch Devon Hamilton and Jay Sean Cornell in that first meeting. Well, I, I mean, I, I know I know Chase had the had the big game statistically, but oh, oh my goodness! If there if there's one snub, I, the coaching staff, uh, one member of the coaching staff, it's not hard to guess who it was, came up to me after practice today and said, "Why 
are there four defensive ends on the first team because it is an absolute injustice to Devon Hamilton that he is a third-team All-Big Ten sure is. performer. Name two defensive ends, name two defensive tackles, whatever. That's the, that's the direction they would like it to go because they know how good Devon Hamilton has been and how important he's been to the defense. And it's another situation where if you're scrolling through as a voter, like he's got five sacks. There's two positions on the defensive line. There's end and then there's tackle. So just vote for two each. It seems pretty simple. Well, they quit doing that a long time ago. And I remember because I voted those things. The Big Ten has it just was, lost its marble. It's almost <laughs> like it was too, it was too tedious uh, for people to, to do that much homework. It's literally what it comes down to. I mean, what you do is, like I told then you, remember yeah, then, my famous line to Nick Bosa one time? Vote. Then don't vote. Let I told you my famous do. line to Nick Bosa was, the great, great thing about being a defensive end, you make one or two plays a game, and people think you've had a hell of a game, you know? That's also true. All right, so let's stop breaking down all the snubs here and get to you guys' predictions here. First time I've heard them. Uh, I'll start with you this week, Berm, because you've been quiet over here for the last couple minutes. I know you've been thinking exactly what you got cooked up here. I really feel like this can go very similar to the last two Big Ten championship games. If the Buckeyes come out and play conservative because of Justin Fields' knee, then I think that you could see a 31-14 to 14 type final, something that is comfortable but not necessarily what people are expecting to see. Uh, I also think that 45-21 like last year against, uh, that was 45-24, but somewhere in that range is also on the table because I think the Buckeyes are going to go over the top and really stretch Wisconsin vertically, and I don't think they can stop them. So I think you could see a really big day out of Justin Fields through the air, um, maybe not six touchdowns and 500 yards like Dwayne did last year against <laughs> Northwestern, but I think you could see a pretty big game. I, I don't see the Buckeyes – failing to cover. I think, what is it, 16, 17, 18, somewhere in there. Uh, 45, 21, I think, is probably a, a where I'll settle. I'm going with what Justin Fields blurted after the first <laughs> game. I'm going with that as the gospel because, you know, anybody watching that game, you could see the possibilities. If Ohio State got to be it's the greatest show on turf, which it wasn't, didn't get to be in that game because of the weather, but I could see Ohio State getting to 50. I mean, they just scored 56 on their hated rival, <laughs> and you could see where they were handcuffed in that first game with with uh, Wisconsin. Even though they end up scoring 38, right. but I could see something in the the 50 to like 13 to 17 range, because this defense is, in my opinion, psyched to do it all over again. I mean, and by the way, I mean a third time of making life hell for Jonathan Taylor, and making mm-hmm. making Wisconsin beat you, quote unquote, left-handed, even though Cone is right-handed. <laughs> I think, isn't he? Well, Hornybrook was left-handed. Yeah, Hornybrook uh, and that flutter ball that didn't really work out that well. I think 56 to 10 sounds about right, somewhere in your neighborhood there, Tim. We'll see what it – just can't believe it, can you? I, That's I, how good this team has been. It, you I know, don't, it's like, hard to did believe. You, did I, you hear the key the key phrase that Ryan Day said about about Justin Fields? He's going to play the whole game. Yeah, or he's going to play well, all game. I'm just struggling we'll to believe – You understand what I'm I mean. Struggling we'll to believe why, I'm just struggling to believe that people asked if he was going to start. Yeah. I just, I just, sometimes you just kind of go, okay, I guess you got to get it on the record. But, I mean, these people, like, like I've said, my, one of my friends who was talking about, you know, why is he even in there? I'm just going, it's the, it's the rivalry game, number two. This game, this game isn't over. It was 35 to 16. Exactly. You've, you've got to start drinking it. What's he doing the throwing so the ball? I'm yeah. going, what do you mean what's he doing throwing the ball? You want him running it instead? As Austin Mack said, Austin Mack caught the ball. He was wide open. That's why you're throwing it. I'm just – it just drives me crazy sometimes, but that's life. Right. I digress. 
<laughs> you got that one in. Yeah. This is that time when I lose control of the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto, and I need to wrap it up. That's been Tim May. That's Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. We have full coverage coming for the Big Ten title in Indianapolis. LettermanRow.com. We will see you there. Ohio State, Wisconsin, Saturday night. Friday afternoon. For Friday afternoon, right? Press conference. I don't think they care about that. They, you guys totally care. This show is over. We'll see you there.